Hello and welcome to Comic Case Superheroes. I am your host Casey, and today we are discussing about a 2004 video game that came out with that was action role playing. Raven Software created with Activision's help. It was for GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. It is known as X Men Legends. Let's get going. Hello and thank you guys for listening. My name is Casey and this is Comic Case Superheroes, where it is your source of review and discussion on all superheroes things related from comic books to TV series to video games to the fan service. Now, this month is the month of September, the start of school for majority of kids. So, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be posting out school-themed superhero stuff. Like I said, today we are talking about X-Men Legends, pretty much the only video game that actually had school-related to it. It is a action role-playing game that was developed by Raven Software, the first of their console developments, and Activision. It was released on GameCube, PlayStation 2, and the Xbox. You can play up to four players, but unfortunately no online multiplayer, so if you played with your friends, they had to be over. You get to select as one of the 15 X-Men characters. With the ability to switch between four characters on a solo mode, or like I say, which was my favorite thing to do, invite friends over, have a party, and play. You follow a young girl, Allison Crestmere, a young mutant who controls and summons volcanic activity. Allison is aided by the X-Men to learn and master her powers at what the theme of my this month is, Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Then, later on, is sent on several missions, battling the Brotherhood and the Sentinels, ending with them saving the world from Magneto. The game was one of the best games, actually known as one of the game was the game of the year. That within one year, it had a sequel, X Men Legends 2: Rise of Apocalypse. Then a year later, for all Marvel fans to enjoy the same style gameplay, was Avengers Ultimate Alliance. Now, what was kind of cool was they had an interview with Activision and Raven Software producers, and they said that Marvel let them do whatever they wanted. All they were going to do was just sign and say, good to go. They had uh, the uh, Man of Tomorrow doing the storyline. So this is where we first hear about Man of Tomorrow. If you guys don't know who that is, he is also the guy who did Wolverine the X-Men story writing. As you know, that's a really good TV series. I should start... I should plan on doing that too. Well, besides that, they stated that they decided to make their outfits more tactical, more uniform style that they based it off the Ultimate X-Men. But because some characters that you get to select to play as do not have outfits that are based from that comic book, the creators got to get imaginative on it and design their own version style of what they think the members would look like. But they kept the history and the background of every hero based from what the old X-Men fans know of. So the new and the old get to enjoy the game very well. What's also kind of cool is they had alternative costumes. So you did not have to stay as the Ultimate X-Men. You got to have a lot more fun with it. 
Mm-hmm. But because of this, they created a multiverse 7964 for the Marvel Universe. Now the story starts off with a young girl being abducted by the Brotherhood, mainly just Mystique and Blob, before the GRS could. Now the GRSO is MRD, the Mutant Response Division, in the Legend world. Just a different name, to be honest. With the X-Men, only Wolverine and Cyclops at the time, so that means game players. If you had a team up, only two of you got to play and two of you had to sit and watch. But at that time, it didn't matter. It was, you, I would sit and watch anybody play. Rescue the young Allison, and then takes her to the X-Mansion, which we all know as Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Now, as she goes there to learn and control her powers, they had to explore her potential. They compare, they stated she was an Omega Mutant. Well, unfortunately, X-Men Legend doesn't explain their mutant ranking like the comic books did. So the best way they compared it was her powers equal closeness to the Phoenix Force, which also brought a lot of old fans happy knowing that Jean Grey did have the Phoenix Force with her at one point. Now, as she does train, the X-Men are sent to Alaska to a research facility because it is being attacked by the Brotherhood. Then later on they are sent to help Aid Gambit who just sent an SOS because he was abducted and put in prison by the Morlocks. Now for information on this one the Morlocks are mutants that are so grotesque to the viewpoint of human society that they had to hide in the sewers of New York. So yeah you had to go down to the sewers rats and the poop and fight off and rescue Gambit. Then later on you had to try and prevent the release of Magneto. He was actually in prison on a ship called the USS Arbiter. Unfortunately you failed that part of the mission so instead you have to rescue the crewman of the ship. Now with Allison completing her training she is given the code name Magma and to help the X-Men in aiding Colossus in Russia. They had to prevent the Brotherhood of obtaining weapon-grade plutonium. What for? I do not know. Well, with thanks to that, you got your strongman back on your team. Colossus comes back, but he needs aid because his sister, Ileana Magica, for, uh, for comic book fans, she is in a coma, and they don't know why. Now, with the psionic teams of Charles Xavier, Emma Frost, and Jean Grey, and uh, just to put it a little bit, why didn't they put Psylocke in here? I do not know. There was another psychic in the group. They decided to go and help release her in the astral planes. But unfortunately, Charles is captured by the one who created and planned all this. The Shadow King. Now, while they're trying to figure out a way to release Charles from the astral planes and Shadow King's grip, General William Kincaid has basically introduced the Sentinel program to the government. At the same time, Magneto has threatened the world with Astro-M. Now, for other people's information, William General William Kincaid is actually William Stryker in the Legends of Verse. Why they didn't just use Stryker, I'm not sure. The Man of Tomorrow story, not mine. Now, when they find and discover a device that's able to let the X-Men, doesn't matter if they have psionic powers or not, go to the Astro Plains... They were able to help free Charles and then defeat the Shadow King. They were able to find technology to build and upgrade the Blackbird to go to Asteroid M. They stopped Magneto and Master Mold, who was piloted by General Kincaid, 
And with Allison's help, they prevented the asteroid from falling to Earth, and then brought it back up into space. Ending with the news reporter announcing that Magneto's still at large, General Kikade's arrested, and being charged for criminal against humanity. Huh? Humanity? I thought the mutants weren't considered humans. Yeah, well, and they also have the President of the United States shaking the hands of Charles Xavier, thanking him for saving the planet. This also within near the end of the show video game states that there is going to be a new villain if the sequel does come out, Apocalypse. Now, like I said, the gameplay is based on creating a four-man crew from the 15 players. Now, this means a lot of strategy. A lot of thinking has to go through if you are a solo player. Because you go through different stages. You battle through multiple different enemies. Some with protection, some without. Some with guns, some without. Some with a weapon, some without. I keep saying some without, but hey, that's what happens. It gets quite repetitive, including going to areas multiple times like you go to the sewer in New York three times but because you level up you become OP and this allows you to gain skill points which allows you to upgrade your skills now you usually get only four skills but the more you upgrade these skills the powers change where for instance storm originally only can shoot one lightning bolt starting with her ability one of her skills later on you upgrade that skill she's able to do chain lightning now you can also hear from my voice, UNLIMITED POWER! Yes, folks. She becomes a Sith Lord. Now, each character has their own set of powers, which is kind of cool, and their own unique jobs. For instance, Storm and Cyclops are the only ones that have leadership, but Wolverine is the only mutant with a healing factor. But they also have capabilities that allows them to do certain things. For instance, Storm and Jean can fly. So they can go to higher platforms that no one can reach that unless they have super leaping skills, which none of them do. Nightcrawler can teleport, so he can do the same thing. But he also can teleport through walls. Colossus has superhuman strength, so he can break through things. Iceman and Magma can create bridges. Cyclops can shoot lasers to melt and close patches so on and so forth. Now, like I said, as a solo player, you can switch between the four characters and adjust their NPC combat style. Basically, you can make them regressive, make them, make them focus more on being a backup, being a support role, things like that. Also allows you to tell them how much, uh, when they can drink a potion, a health potion, or when they can drink an energy potion. Basically, easy control. Or, like I said, which is my favorite thing to do, you can have friends come over, have a big party, sit on the couch, and play up to four players, which each person can select their own mutant then. I selected Cyclops, because he was the only one with leadership capability, otherwise that my secondary character I like to play as was Gambit. I like the guys with the laser, with the energy blast, I don't know why. Well, the only way you could run around X-Mansion though was playing as Allison, which also allowed you to pick up Danger Room discs, comic book covers, information and history on the characters, and alternative costumes. Now, let's go and discuss characters. Now, we're going to start off with the characters of the 15 you can play as. Now, the first one we're going to start off is, we're going to start off with the 
original starters. And now I just sound like I was a Pokemon master on that, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the first X-Men's that joined Charles. We're going to start off with Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops. He is your Boy Scout of the crew. He's also the captain of the X-Men. He has good leadership. He basically thinks the way Charles does. Basically, uh, everything has to go just right to make peace amongst the X-Men or the mutants and the humans. Now Scott's capability is he absorbs solar energy, converts it into concussion energy and fires it out of his eyes. Now a little history on it is why does he wear those glasses? Because when he was a kid he fell out of a plane when it was burning on fire. Basically his parents let him and Scott escape while the plane exploded but since the parachute burnt and they landed very hard on the ground Scott, who was the oldest in this story, protected his brother using his body as shield and pretty much damaged his skull. Because he damaged the part of the brain that would be able to control his powers, his energy blasts were on 24-7 instead of him able to, to basically do a light switch off and on. This is where Charles builds and develops Ruby Quartz glasses that allow Cyclops to actually how they, they suppressed his energy blasts where when they created the visor for Cyclops he uses it to uses a certain button that basically lifts up the visor and allows him to shoot the energy blasts out even though most times it doesn't look like it our next character is the second character that joins the X-Men at that time and she is our first female character in the group Jean Grey which a lot of fans would know her as Marvel Girl and a lot more people will know her as The Phoenix. Now Jean Grey is your cheerleader in the group. She's caring, she's supportive, she is sm a smart aleck, but she's preppy. And by preppy I mean she supports you all the way. Unless you get in her face, then she's going to take you down. Now one thing is, is she is a telepath and a telekinesis, but she is so powerful that the Phoenix Force viewed her as the most suitable host for its powers, making her even more stronger with pyrokinesis capability of flight and able to reincarnate herself when she dies. Yikes. Now Jean's a little history on her is Jean's powers awaken when her friend was hit by a car. Her powers awaken and it was so powerful to her that Charles felt it without Cerebral. That is telepathic, buddy. Yep. So much so he went to go and help her. He had to actually build blockades in her mind in order to prevent her from going crazy with her powers. This a lot then took her in and had her join the X-Men. This is also where she gets her love interest with Scott Summers. And then later on she gets a kind of a flirtatious bad boy thing with Wolverine. Now our next character that joins the group is actually Hank McCoy, aka The Beast. Now Hank is a genius. He's a Shakespearean. He's a gentleman. I like this character. He's very, very good. Now I don't really know much about his history. I do know how he becomes the Beast. Well see his original mutant ability is he's really good with reflexes. He's good with agility. He has a normal superhuman strength. And um, he had big feet and big hands. So basically, he looked like a, he had he uh, was a monkey without fur. 
is one way to put it. Well, he hated his mutant powers, so he decided he was going to get rid of them by making a potion. When he made the potion and drank it, he thought it would work. Instead, it accelerated his mutant ability and gave him fur, making him into the beast we know and love. Our next character that joins the group, which isn't a character that actually... No, he's not in the story, so we actually get to skip Angel, and we get to go with Iceman, Bobby Drake. Now, he is the first young kid in the X-Men crew. He's the youngest of the original core members. Now, Bobby's powers awakened when he was with his girlfriend, and a bunch of thugs tried to mess with him, and he decided to become Frosty the Snowman and serve ice cream to them. Literally, it looks like he's throwing ice cream at them in the comic books. Charles discovers him and offers him a place amongst the X-Men. Thinking of being a superhero will be the most greatest thing in the world, Bobby joins them. And literally he does turn into Frosty Snowman for a while until his powers develop to the point where now he can cover himself with ice. His real ability is known as Thermokinesis, the capability of manipulating the temperature around him to sub-zero temperature, which did allow him to turn his skin in ice. It also allows him to fire ice blasts, ice shards, and create ice shields. He's also the only one that I know of that creates a ice bridge, or basically he makes ice that allows him to surf on it. It's really cool. Now, Bobby is your average young boy. Since he was the youngest of the group, he was kind of spoiled a little bit, so he acts spoiled. I like the movie one better. He was kind-hearted, he liked people, he was more of a, everyone liked him, a well-liked guy, and when he became a teacher, he people loved him as a teacher. Alright, let's go with another, now we're going to go with characters that just joined the group later on, but uh, I don't know the pattern on that because I didn't pay attention to it. Our next character we will go with is Aurora Monroe, our first foreign the storm she was treated as a goddess when we first met her in the comic books she he was able to manipulate the weather and control it so tribe people thought she was a god but we find out later on she was actually found by Charles a long time ago when she was a thief working for the shadow king at the same time she also met her, her true love or, to our knowledge, was her true love, and then find out later on if they divorced. All these crazy stuff. T'Challa, the Black Panther. Now, that would have been kind of cool if they were able to integrate her into the Black Panther storyline. That would have made it best. But they didn't. Storm is claustrophobic, though. So, yeah, that doesn't... Not good. Now, our next character is another foreign hero that joins up with the crew. I think a lot of them are actually, the rest of them are almost foreign, except for two. Uh, we have P Peter Rasputin, the Colossus, a Russian mutant who is big. He is buffed up. And he's able to create his body into pure steel, which also gave him superhuman strength. Which is why I think a lot of times people drawed him without having a shirt on. But because he was so the stereotypical big Russian, people forget he is a softie at heart. 
He's a painter. He's a writer. He's a poet. And he's married to the tiniest character, tiniest woman I've ever thought he would marry, Kitty Pride, aka Shadowcat. Now our next character, who is another foreign mutant, is Nightcrawler, Kurt Wagner. I was trying to sound sound German, but it didn't work because Nightcrawler is German. He comes from the city Berlin. He was the son of Mystique. She uh, basically had to run away with her son because her son was born to look like a little imp. No, literally, he was a, he looked like an imp. And by imp, I mean he looked like a little demon. Blue fur, black hair, yellow eyes, no pupils, pointy ears, tail that looks like it would... Uh, Looks like from those cartoon shows that you'd see from that represented the devil. Uh, two toes on each feet and three fingers on each hand. But because of that, the circus was able to take him in and make the incredible Nightcrawler who does acrobatic feats for no problems. Well, the interesting part was Nightcrawler's capability, besides being very agile and acrobatic, had the capability of teleporting. Now, later on in the comic books, they explain that his teleportation is basically him able to transport using a kind of like a puff of smoke portal into the Mephesto realm and then travels from there to another realm back to an area. Basically, Nightcrawler cannot teleport unless he sees or knows where he's going. So, yeah, that would cause problems for other characters. Now, Nightcrawler is... Religious. I mean, for a guy who looks like he could be the spawn of Satan, he actually does have a very... He's Catholic. Yikes. That's actually kind of... Not yikes, actually. It's kind of cool. In some ways. Because he's... But he's super polite. Even though people fear him, he's always polite. And he is one of my favorite characters because he's one of the only other characters that actually uses weapons. He uses swords. Cutlasses, to be exact. He's a pirate, ladies and gentlemen, a German pirate that looks like an imp who can teleport and do acrobatic features. Yeah, that, could, uh, yeah, that works out well. Our next character, who's a foreigner, is Elizabeth Bardock, aka Psylocke. Now, the interesting part is the way she looks now isn't the way she looked before. She's actually the sister of Captain Britain who is also the leader of the team Excalibur. She actually was Britain until one day the hand takes her body and transports her brain into someone else, an Asian, who I actually forgot the name. I remembered it so well because it was one of those things that just bizarred you. But because of that, she also gained more mutant abilities. Her original powers was telepathic. Then she was able to now create psionic constructs. Basically create those little psionic daggers or katras. Uh, make, uh, implant psionic energy in her sword. Create a psionic bowl. Throw psionic daggers. You know, those kind of things. But she was also able to manipulate shadows to her will. Yikes. Okay, that makes sense. Now, Psylocke is smart. She's dangerous. And she's hot. Believe me, doesn't matter if you're married or not, you will look twice. And what was nice is they actually created the proper, well, 
almost proper characterization of her in X-Men Apocalypse. I prefer her as a good guy, not the bad guy, but hey, what are you going to do, right? Well, our next foreign national mutant in our group is one we all love, the one we all know of, and the one who wasn't part of the X-Men, but is basically the main storyline in the X-Men movies, James Logan, the Wolverine, that's right folks, now James Logan only knows himself as one name, Logan, because he is actually from the past, and I mean way back in the past, way before the World War I started. He lived through all the wars. He knew Captain America personally. He aided Captain America many times. He's been battling against his arch-rival Sabretooth for many, many years. And he basically only had the powers of rapid cell regeneration or the healing factor as we all know it. He had the animal-like qualities and instincts, super smells, super senses, major. He also had a berserker form, which basically, when he went on Rampage, there's nothing stopping him. And he wouldn't feel pain when he does this. And then finally, he had claws. That's right, folks. It wasn't just the animantium. It was normal. He had bone claws, to be exact. Ones that could heal at any time. Now, because of this, Wolverine, unfortunately, when he was part of Weapon X's program, was, in, was attached with adamantium. Heat it up. When it cools down, it's indestructible. Yikes. Okay, that's not a good thing to find out. So, what did they do? They gave him metal claws. Now, he is your... Unfortunately, he is not your stereotypical Canadian who is gentle and sweet. He's aggressive. He's angry. He likes to be alone. And he has a thing for redheads, even if it gets him into deep tr trouble. You can ask Alpha Flight, and you can ask the X-Men in that aspect. Now, Wolverine is one of our favorite characters because of this. Also, because he is not afraid of killing. Our next characters, who are not actually foreign nationals anymore, are Allison Chesmere, the Megma, the character we are playing as in the storyline in the beginning. She is a foreign she's actually i thought she's a foreign national because the original comic book she's a foreign nationals daughter an ambassador's daughter who is uh whose powers awakened but instead they made her just someone from the city and uh her powers awakened and uh erupted and the x-men bring her in now her she has the capability of controlling and manipulating lava which also include well pretty much all volcanic activity which means that she can fire lava out of her body. She can encase herself in lava. Basically making herself look like she's a volcanic activity herself. So her abilities are close to Iceman is the best way. Except instead of ice, it's made out of magma. Otherwise that, I have no other information on that one. Well, our next characters are both from the southern area of the United States. We have Gamut, Remy LeBeau. He is a thief from the New Orleans. He has the capability of projecting explosive energy into objects. Basically, playing cards is his thing. And honestly, I would probably agree. That would have probably been my idea too if I had that capability. 
queen cards. You can spend 25 cents, get a bunch of deck of cards, keep them with you at all times. He also uses a retractable and extendable pole staff. He can also place his energy in that thing and make boom explosions as well. He's also shown that he can do it with other objects. He's done it with nut bolts. He's done it with a dagger. He's actually at one point was able to put it into other people's clothing or tools that they had. He even did it to Wolverine's claws. They didn't do any damage to Wolverine. Didn't do any damage to the claws. It just ticked him off. Now our next character is one of Remy's greatest love interests. And a lot of fanboys interests as well in the X-Men world. Anna Marie. Her name was very unknown. And actually Anna Marie was unknown to us until the movies. The Rogue. Now this southerner who happened to be the part of the Brotherhood at one point was the stepdaughter of Mystique. She leaves the Brotherhood to join the X-Men later on discovering that she that Charles has better chance of helping her than the Brotherhood does. At, when she was part of the Brotherhood, she had a battle with Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, and absorbs all her powers. She doesn't get the blasting energies from the hand part, but she does get superhuman strength and flight from her. Yep. Because her main ability is she's able to absorb the life force energy of a person. Which means if she absorbs the life force energy of a mutant, she gains their powers. Okay, I can see that. Yep, that makes sense. Now, Rogue, not much is known from her history besides little bits and pieces, but she's a very good asset to the X-Men. I had liked her around, especially when she could fly and has super strength. Because then she throws Wolverine in, and Wolverine does his claw dive bomb on him. Our next character, I'm not sure if she's from Southern, I don't know if she's from Foreign Nationals or up North. It is Emma Frost, aka the White Queen. She is part of the member group of the Hellfire Club. She leaves the Karoo, creates her own little school, but it fails. Because of that, Charles Xavier offers her a position as a teacher amongst the, his school, and she actually takes up on it, including creating her own division of X-Men called the Mutant X-Team. Which Jubilee joins. Now Emma Frost has the capability of telepathic powers. She's also has the secondary mutation of turning into diamond. Unfortunately this prevents her from using her telepathic powers. Now Emma Frost acts. And I mean she acts. She's not literally this way. She acts seductive. Because that's how she knew all her life to do. She originally was a brunette who dyed her hair blonde. The way she talks, the way she acts, the way she moves is basically to seduct the men to do her will. The weaker the mind, the easier the control is the best way to put it. That's why a lot of her outfits are very revealing. In my opinion, they remind me of a dominatrix wearing white leather instead of black. Our next character is a young girl from New York City. Jubilation Lee. Combining together, we get Jubilee. Now, Jubilee was saved and rescued by Gambit and Wolverine at a mall. They were rescued by Rogue. <laughs> uh, I see how that train reaction works. 
she has the capability of releasing plasmic sparks from her fingertips or hands. Basically, she's your firecracker. Now, Jubilee is the youngest member of the X-Men before Allison comes in. And I think Allison's about the same age, and they made Bobby the same age in the game, so it works out. But Jubilee is your typical pop team. She likes boys, she blows pop bubblegum, she plays video games, she likes the music, she likes to dance, and she wears the weird hammer time glasses I'm going with, I don't know. Now our final character is the leader, the creator of the X-Men, Charles Xavier. Now he doesn't, he isn't actually a playable character except when you're done conquering the game the first time. And then after that is the only time you get to actually play with him is when he's, you're in the astral planes. Now Charles Xavier is the most powerful telepath in the world. Now, when his powers came to be, he almost killed somebody with it. So he decided that the powers were too dangerous to keep, but he kept training himself to master it because he realizes that if he does it, there might be more problems. Now, Charles graduates with a PhD in mutant theology. Now, basically, it was the theories and ideas of the mutation gene. This is before the mutants were ever known to exist. When he does get, when the mutant starts showing up, he creates the school by using his mansion that his father, that his mother owned that was brought to, was his inheritance. Now, Charles is a very kind-hearted and a very father-like type character. If you want a leader, he is yours. Leader. Not to mention, because of his telepathic capabilities, he was way ahead of the schedule. He also had cerebral. That even made it even better. Now, with all of that, we can talk about the villains. Now, the first villain I'm going to talk about is actually a villain who's actually a villain slash hero. He is one of my he is my favorite X-Men character. But at the same time, in the video game, they made him a villain because they had to add him in the Brotherhood. They had to have somebody. It's Alex Summers, the Havoc. That's right, folks. The reason why I like Havoc is the same reason why I like Cyclops. Energy Blast. Havoc, or Alex Summers, is actually the youngest or oldest brother, depending on which way you go with the stories from Ultimate Comics to the regular comics to the cartoons to the movies. Scott Summers' brother. Now, Alex was adopted and, and separated from his brothers for years. When they finally meet up, he was part of a different group, the X-Factors. Who also had Polaris, Multi-Man, and I think it was Wolfbane and Quicksilver as part of their crew. Now, they did not understand why their powers weren't working against each other, weren't hurting each other, until later on, Sinestro tries, not Sinestro, but Sinister, tries to abduct both of them because their blood is connected to another breed. He also believed that their blood was perfect. For a ultimate mutant, this is where Havoc discovers that his that Scott is his brother. Now Havoc has the ability similar to Cyclops, where he absorbs solar energy and he can convert it and release it into another form of energy, pulse energy. 
usually if he focuses it enough, it can be into an energy blast. Otherwise, that he basically sends out like uh, echo waves of energy, pulse waves to be exact. Now, Alex is... Ah, how do I want to explain? He is a leader as well, but since he's the... If he's the older brother, he's cocky, he's determined, and he's the big brother. If you go with the younger brother, he's obedient, and uh, he will actually listen to the Cyclops. So weird. Now, interesting enough, his Havoc was actually the chosen leader for the Avengers branch that included ingraining the mutants in the group. He was also the leader of a couple other factions. Of, that was part of the X-Men. He was also the love and interest of Polaris many, many times. So that kind of interesting as well. Now let's go with the Brotherhood. Now the Brotherhood consisted of Mystique, Raven Darkhold. She has the ability to shapeshift to any form she desired. And this included non-life forms. So it was she could access... Cerebro with just becoming because uh, she could clone her body to the cellular level. Now, Mystique was also an assassin and she's met up with Logan throughout the years because she is almost as old as Logan. Because of her mutation capability, her body healed and stayed young for a long time. Now, the next character is Avalanche. Now, Avalanche has the ability of creating seismic waves to basically cause earthquakes. Then you have Blob. Blob has gravitational control, basically making him indestructible. But he had a—he uh, was obese, so he really ate a lot. Then you had Toad. Toad had frog-like physiology, a sticky goo tongue, uh, spit. A long, really long tongue, and uh, super leaping capabilities. Then you had Pyro, who didn't actually have the capability of creating it, so he used these flamethrowers to do it. But he had the ability to manipulate and control flames. A lot of times when he did it, he created them into a form of an animal or a knight, things like that. He, he was an artistic character. Then our next character was Sabretooth, and Sabretooth is Wolverine's greatest rival Ever. Now, we're not sure if he's the brother, the father, or the son, or just complete stranger to Wolverine. All we know is he has feral-like capabilities. He has the strength of a rhino. He has a healing factor like Wolverine. Not as powerful as Wolverine, but like Wolverine. Um, in the movies, he had the capability where his claws could retract or extend... Which made it even better with showing that uh, that Wolverine Bone Claws had something similar to it. Were similar. Sabretooth, though, has a uh, fixation on Wolverine. He will literally kill any Wolverine's lovers. He will beat the crap out of Wolverine many, many times. Problem is, is he's loyal to Magneto and he's loyal to someone else who is part of the Weapon X program. So he, he's not his own guy, I'll tell you that. Our next character is the Juggernaut, Kane Marco. He is Charles Xavier's stepbrother. Now, he got jealous and angry about his brother because his brother had powers, and he was afraid that his brother manipulated his dad to die. 
He was so fixated to get revenge that he found out that there was a legend that would give someone the powers of a juggernaut. So he found this crystal, the Karyonic crystal. This crystal allowed him to gain the powers of literally being the juggernaut. He's not a mutant, folks. He just uses mystic energy. Now our next character in the group is Meryl. Now Meryl is part of the X-Men crew later on in the storyline, but she actually runs the Morlocks. She has the ability to create, uh, control and manipulate her bone growth, which allowed her to create weapons made out of her bones. So she literally was ripping her bones out of her body and throwing them at you. Yeah, that's scary. Now our next character we're going to discuss is... Magneto, one of the major villains in the story. Now, Magneto is Eric Lyncher, or Eric Magnus. He is the father of Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Polaris. He is also the best friend of Charles Xavier. Now, a lot of people are just going with, if they're best friends, then why are they against each other? Well, Magneto is back from World War II, when the time when the Jews were being taken by the... Germans and thrown in concentration camps, or in this case, they were also thrown into those poison shower rooms, the gas chambers. <laughs> Magneto is actually Jewish, so besides being discriminated for being a Jew by the Germans, he was also discriminated for being a mutant by humankind. See where his problem comes in? He's been literally outcast by twice now by two different types of beings. This would definitely cause problems. So this basically made Magneto want to believe mutants were superior and wanted mutants to be rulers. Now Magneto has the capability to manipulate and control electromagnetism. Control metal, create mag magnetism force field. Uh, even at one point he could actually blast a EMP wave but that would drain his powers a lot. Now our next two, uh, three characters are basically government characters. We have Master Mold. Master Mold is actually an AI unit who is able to create and develop the Sentinel program. In Wolverine and the X-Men, she is the genius mind who actually conquered the planet with the Sentinels. Trying to figure out how to manipulate the mutants energy into the Sentinels. Basically trying to say mutants are the rulers. Our next character or characters are the Sentinels. These are, are mutant hunting robots that have the capability of finding mutants from the genetic level and then have the power or capability to fight them. What was kind of cool is in X-Men Days of Future Past, the Sentinels had the capability of adapting and countering mutant powers, which made them much more dangerous. I like those ones. Next is the one who started this program, William General William Kincaid. He is the. There's nothing really known about him except the fact that uh, he is supposed to actually be the uh, representation of William Stryker, who was the guy who, in the movies, created the Weapon X program, who hated mutant kind really, really, really bad. That he created the Pro Sentinel program to hunt down mutants, and then he would experiment on mutants, making more weapons. Now we're going to go with other characters that are peers in the story. There's nothing much about them, but they do appear. We have Bishop. 
Now, Bishop is a time traveler who has the ability to absorb any type of energy and, con and convert it into as a force energy blast. He actually has weapon and technology that allows him to put his energy into weaponry. So, he's really, really dangerous to that aspect. Uh, then you have Ileana Rasputin, who, who is Magicka. And the uh, weird part is, is her powers are mystic, not mutant. I think she does have mutant in her, but she mostly is mystic. She uses, she has a mystical giant broadsword. Um, she can uh, manipulate the realm of Mephisto. It's pretty scary stuff. Then you have Forge, an Indian. And not Indian as um, from the uh, foreign lands. I'm talking about Native American character who has the capability of developing any technology that is in, that he thinks of. Whether they work or not is another story. Then you have Moira McTaggart. In the movies, she's a special agent. In the comic books, she's a scientist. She was also one of Charles's love interests. She leaves him for Banshee. And they have a daughter named Siren. Then we have a healer, a Morlock, who lives under the sewers with all the other Morlocks. He helps them heal their wounds and keep them from advancing their mutant stages to the point of their death. Next, we have Multiple Man. I don't remember his name because he's not much of a character I pay attention to. Multiple Man has the ability to clone and copy his own physical appearance and duplicate himself. When those clones or copies die, he's able to gain their memories. Yeah, that's scary. Even though when each clone and copy has their own personality. Now... Let's go with my questions and reviews on this game. Now, what did I like about it? Everything. I love the characters' costumes. I love the backstory. I love the villains. And I love to play with my friends. So it worked out great for me. What I not liked? Could play as Havoc. Stages were multiplied. You gotta go in the sewer like three or four times. And the gears were rare. Uh, next question is, uh, which character did I enjoy? Well, like I said, I had two characters I enjoyed the most, Cyclops and Gambit, mainly because they had blasting powers, which basically that sealed the deal with sealing things like at, on a ship or on a, a space station where you sealed them up, you had more times to survive. Uh, Gambit also was a thief, so a lot of, he had a capability of stealing things from opponents after defeating them. Cyclops had leadership, which boosted up everyone's capabilities, when he was part of was the first player kind of cool characters i did not like oh my gosh ah uh, honestly i did there's not a character i did not like i enjoyed the game it was really good characters had all their own unique abilities there really wasn't any character that was similar besides allison and iceman but even then their powers were different at the same time now uh my favorite scenes okay here we go I like the scene where Allison's power erupts and she is shown to have power equal to the Phoenix Force. I love the scene where Apocalypse is revealed and basically stating that it's time for him to intervene. And I do enjoy the scene of Wolverine in a battle against, <laughs> let's hear it, the Blob. <laughs> That's right, folks. Yeah. I also enjoyed the scene, which was actually a playthrough of this reminiscing the story of the original X-Men fighting Juggernaut. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Especially since you had to be either Beast Boy, Iceman, 
Beast or... I mean, did I just say Beast Boy? I meant Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, or Gene. It was fun. Now, uh, scenes I didn't like. Like I said, there really wasn't any. I mean, I didn't have uh, any really. Uh, what was I wish there was? More characters to play as. Nah, don't get me wrong. There's 15 characters, but I would have loved to play as Havoc if he was part of the X-Men. Uh, Shadowcat would have been fun. Having Angel around would have been fun. Um... Oh, man. Uh, well, their characters would have been fun to have. Yeah. I mean, you could have had some Mutant X characters that, but I can see why they only had 15. They had... Each character had almost 10 to 20 different alternative costumes, so yeah, it made sense. I mean, you had Forge, you had Bishop who, and Multiple Man who were X-Men characters. I wish you could have put them in there. Luliano, yeah, then you put her in there, have Magicka in there. Woo! Flying around with a broadsword? I mean, Nightcrawler got to use two Sigmatars, why not? Uh, what I would have changed or got rid of? Well, I would have got rid of the GRSO and just kept the MRD, and I would have changed KK to Striker. That would have been it. Uh, what I hope to see in the future? Well, unfortunately, they do have a sequel to this, so there's not really a future unless they decide to bring in an X-Men Legends 3. Then I definitely will be ready for that. Now, my rating on this is a 4.5 out of 5, mainly because of the repetitive scenes and the gad and the gear. Otherwise, that the game was excellent. It was one of the best games you got in 2004, and like I said, with it was so good within a year. It was there was a sequel to it, and then within two years there was a Marvel rendition for the Avengers of this style gaming. Thank you guys for listening, and hope you guys enjoyed the X Men Legends review. Now, if you guys like, have any comments, discussions, or comments, I think I just said that for me. Just look up on my email, comicksuperheroes at gmail.com. You can also look me up on Twitter and Instagram. Just look for the search bar and type in Comic Case Superheroes. I will be keeping my up-to-date posts on my podcasts, news, or subjects that pop up about superhero-related. Like, for instance, the Spider-Man trailer for Far From Home or the new Matrix trailer that just popped up that's about Matrix, Revo Matrix 4 Resurrection. And I also will keep you guys updated on my story, The Paladin. Now, continuing on this school theme, we are going to talk about a movie that has been epic for Disney. A super rendition about a boy who has to go to school that, was, that his parents went to. Only problem was, he did not have powers. What am I talking about? Well, Stronghold, hope you guys enjoy this one. And this is dedicated to my parents because they love this show as much as I do. Sky high. You guys have a super day.